Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I <laughs> that was sounded like a little Mrs. Doubtfire, didn't it? I don't know what that voice was. Hello, <laughs> here to do a run by fruiting. <laughs> I don't know what that voice was. Anyway, welcome to the show. I have forced three episodes on all of you this week. My apologies in advance. We, of course, had the Kathy Lee and Hoda pop dive on Monday, and that was just basically Annabelle DeSisto and I doing our version of the fourth hour of today. And we had wine and everything, and it was really fun. And then, of course, I did the Vanderpump Rules premiere recap, and now we're here to talk Housewives. So I'm happy to dive back into Housewives. Today, we're going to be focusing on the Real Houses of Dallas, the reunion, and Real Houses of New Jersey, because I'm just having so much fun. With New Jersey, I'm loving it. Before we get into Housewives, though, I have to talk about something that's like Housewives adjacent. So when I first started this podcast, I had a couple of experiences with a woman named Martha who occasionally cleans my living space. Now, I had recently moved over the summertime, I moved to a new apartment. And so Martha doesn't come as much as she used to. Uh, my boyfriend Matt, of course, has all these robot vacuums and mops and everything. So we basically, like, we've eye roboted uh, Martha and we don't use her as much, but she does come occasionally. And if you'll recall, when I first moved in, it was the middle of June and she had come to clean the house. And I had actually went out on the patio. And while I was on the patio, I heard gay porn and Miss Piggy's version of Santa Baby playing very loudly over a set of sound speakers. And it turns out that it, Martha had accidentally clicked some buttons on my computer and it was coming from my computer. And it was very uncomfortable, awkward. It was the middle of June. I had been listening to Miss Piggy's version of Santa Baby, which now we all look back and we say like, now it's okay to listen to it. We're in the heart of December. And I think it's completely acceptable to listen to it now. But this, remember, this was back in June. So, you know, we had some awkwardness and Martha came back. And now this is just a little quick tale, but I just want to say that Martha came in, she was cleaning, and I was talking to her. She's got a new partner here with her. I was chatting with her in the kitchen. And then I always tell you guys, when something happens in the housewives world, like people reach out to me. So I get texts and I get tweets and all sorts of things, like whenever there's breaking housewives news. And it just so happened when Martha was here in the kitchen, I had been looking at my phone and Martha, she like looked at her phone. So I was like, I glanced at mine because we were having a conversation. So I look at my phone while she's looking at hers, and I had gotten a message from friends telling me to check out an Instagram. So I click on the link that my friend, my friend Sarah sent me, click the link, it goes to Countess Luann's profile. And I didn't know how loud my volume was on my phone, but all of a sudden started playing Countess Luann doing her version of Santa Baby, <laughs> which is 
an assault on the earth, but it started playing really loud. And Martha, she literally like jumped backwards. It was like she heard Luann's voice and she just like, it was like something took over and she like hopped backwards like a fucking bunny. She's like, wow, <laughs> what is that? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I, somebody just sent me this link and I didn't know that it would be playing so loud. But A, it made me laugh because it was Santa Baby. It was like a different version. So this was like Luann's kind of jazzy version. She at one point goes on the drums and starts banging like a fucking drum. And she's like, Santa Baby. <laughs> It's very different than Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy's version is a much higher uh, pitch, but than Luann's. <laughs> but Luann's. If anyone see, hasn't seen, I urge you to go listen. Um, maybe keep the sound off. <laughs> just, just go play the video on her Instagram, but keep the sound off. You'll still get the gist. Anyway, uh, it started playing, and it just made me laugh so hard because it was like Mar- every time Martha comes over, I'm listening to some other version of Santa Baby. None of them by professional recording artists. <laughs> none, of, none, of, none of my versions of Santa Baby that I like to play year round are by you know people in the music biz. It's a real housewife and a puppet, but those are <laughs> that's my musical taste. And, uh, you know, so Martha literally like jumped backwards. And then I didn't really have the heart to explain, like, what was I supposed to do? It was like Luann's playing the fucking drum in this video singing Santa Baby. <laughs> Luann's just playing this version of Santa Baby. And it just makes me laugh. Like, and I love Luann, you guys. I truly, truly do. But her vocals are, are, um, you know, something that should be seen and not heard. And Luann had posted this clip of her in her Countess and Friends Christmas or Christmas with the Countess or whatever. And you know, I've been saying that these housewives need to do a holiday album at some point. Like, I'm waiting for a holiday song. I'm so thrilled that Luann is finally like heeding my advice and doing a holiday show because I think it's the most brilliant thing ever. But I wish she would actually come out with like recorded Christmas music. You know, just sing, sing me a Noel or like a Joy to the World or whatever, you know, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Like, I don't even care what it is. Just give me a holiday tune with put a silver bell in the back of Money Can't Buy You Class and I'll be happy as a clam. But Luann at least is giving us some Instagrams and, of course, a live tour. This tour, who knew that this Countess and Friends jazz show was going to go on this long? I mean, I thought we all thought it was going to be a weekend thing. And now she's going on a national tour. She's doing holiday shows like she's fucking Mariah Carey at the New York Beacon Theater. <laughs> it's aggressive. And I'm conflicted about it. I'll be honest with you. But the one hand, I love it. And on the other hand, I'm like, this needs to stop. We've had enough. <laughs> Still not sure how I feel. I will get back to you on that one. But, you know, I, I, I think Santa Baby is one of those classics that anyone can cover. Like, we've seen, anyone can successfully do it. We've seen it from the Pussycat Dolls, has a great version with, I think, Snoop Dogg. I think they do even one that's like Snoopy Baby or something. They did it live somewhere. I can't quite remember. It's online. You'll have to go look it up. Miss Piggy's version is fantastic. Uh, Willa Ford has one called uh, Santa Baby Gimme Gimme Gimme, and it's like a totally different song, but it's still called Santa Baby. One of my faves. So I will literally listen to anyone do Santa Baby. It doesn't matter if you're a, a real human or a puppet, Muppet, puppet, doesn't fucking matter. You record Santa Baby, I'm hitting play, and Martha's going to hear it. <laughs> I just imagine Martha around her like holiday get-together just telling people, like, yeah, I cleaned this house for someone, and you know, he, he keeps playing Santa Baby from you know, people that don't have good voices. <laughs> like, anyway, uh, speaking of Real Houses of New York, they're filming right now. They're in Miami. There's been some like shots of them in Miami. 
And there was also this photo that got released on like TMZ and everywhere of Ramona and Harry Dubin. Harry fucking Dubin. Ramona. And she looks like she's totally tonguing him, right? Like it's a, a very aggressive still shot. And Harry Dubin went to like E! News or one of the outlets and said, they were just kissing hello. But you guys look at this picture. If you haven't seen it yet, please look it up online. Like it does not look like a hello. I mean, maybe that's a Harry hello. A Harry hello is just a, you know, an open mouth kiss, you know, and a goodbye is a dick in the mouth. Like what's happening, Harry Dubin? But he told people that it wasn't real. Wasn't a makeup. I don't believe it. Check out the photos. I'm curious what you guys think. But I miss those girls so much. And just seeing that still shot, I got like goosebumps. I was like, oh my God, this season's going to be so good. Like, we're going to be watching next season. We're going to see fucking Luann doing Santa Baby around town. We're going to see maybe Ramona with Harry Dubin. Like, I think we're good. I know that there hasn't been like a big news story. Like, do you remember the, you know, like Luann's divorce and arrest? Like, that was something so thrilling. I don't know that we're going to get something like that, but I still think they're going to deliver because all these little details that are coming out about it, I'm like, I'm in. Did you guys see that drunken night they had at the Berkshires? Like some of the best social media I've ever seen. Bethany posted all these videos like Dorinda was drunk, passed out on a pool table. Like it was, it was juicy and good and I cannot wait for it. I'm super excited about it. Okay, so before we get to the Housewives, we're going to break down the Houses of Dallas reunion part one first, and then we're going to do New Jersey. Before we get to that, I do want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, and on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. Please, if you want to support this podcast, head on over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Everything Iconic. Click Become a Patron, and for $4 more per month, you get access to all the bonus episodes. And I know it's so fucking annoying for me to mention it all the time, but it's why I'm able to make this podcast. So I want to thank all the people that are over there. And there's fun recaps over there. I am I have a recap of the Real Houses of New Jersey christening going up there very soon, and it's wild. But so I want to talk about this Dallas reunion now. I thought it was thrilling. I thought it was so fucking good. For, let's talk about the looks, first of all. They all looked great. Uh, Brandy had a high pony. I, they all looked just a good. Cam looked like Cam, but like in a very like, I don't know, Cam way. <laughs> hey, girl. When Andy said hello to Cam, she was like, hey, girl. And she's like, hey. Like, I just love that. Cam, hey, girl. <laughs> she's such like a cartoon character, and I love it. The reunion opened with Leanne doing meditation. And it was just so funny because like Andy asked Leanne about the meditation and like her mindfulness or whatever. And then they all like closed their eyes and the editors put some like peaceful Zen music in front of it. And they really had some fun with the editing here. And I thought it, it just is something that they're able to do. I think in Dallas, like the ratings are not good for Dallas. I think it's been a fantastic season, but they're not good. However, I feel like because of that, they've been able to give us little weird moments like this that they wouldn't maybe do on another franchise. It was like they literally spent 15 seconds just like, watch, having everyone close their eyes and meditate. And it was just so fucking funny. Then Andy starts talking about the season. So he's like, you know, there's been drama and there's alcohol uh, accusations and there's been a adoption and blah, blah, blah. And then he says, there's also been a K-cup controversy. And you guys, we've literally been talking about this k-cup up to andra's ass for an entire season and that couldn't make me any happier like truly i get filled with glee like do you know like a child on christmas morning like when he said we've also had a k-cup controversy i thought oh my god we're still talking about it i could not ask for more like all i want for christmas is this k-cup controversy to never go away like i want it to be next season you know how we normally say like 
with all the drama stuff. We want it for a little while, and then it's like, get rid of it. Like, we're done with it. We want to move on. I don't ever want to move on from this. I want, in four more seasons, I want to be talking about Deandra sticking a cake up upper butt as a talent portion of a contest for who's the queen bee of this city. Like, I never want to stop talking about it. Deandra literally did it on a whim. She put a cake up upper butt. And the thing that I find so funny about it is that it keeps coming up. And you could tell, like, when Andy mentioned it, Deandra was just, like, so annoyed. (laughs) And I find Deandra, like, pretty insufferable. And so just watching him say it and her to be like, oh, she, she, like, hates that she did it. Do you know what I mean? And it's still coming up. And God, I loved it. We talked about the uh, Stephanie's vaginal rejuvenation. Carrie said that vaginas get slipperier, <laughs> slipperier when you get one. Um, you guys, I love Stephanie. I truly, truly love Stephanie. I think she, out of everyone, she's the MVP of the season. She seems to be at this reunion, like able to tell people how it is. Like she's voicing her opinion. She's not just going along with Brandy or Leanne. She's like literally kind of weirdly like riding the fence between both couches, but in a very like strong way, in a not pushovery way. And also just being so honest and open. We're going to talk about her um, talking about herself later, but I just find her so refreshing. I love her this season. I think she's like the star that we need, truly. So then we also got the flashback of that K Cup scene, and it was revealed that Deandra said that there wouldn't be housewives without her. So this was right off the bat. Apparently, Deandra said she's the one that got them the next season or whatever, the third season. Now, Carrie even backed this up. And I didn't know so much of this reunion was going to be Carrie versus Deandra. Carrie, I thought, really stepped it up. I don't think she really gave us much throughout the season, but it felt like she stepped up this reunion and she was going after Deandra. And Deandra was kind of, I found Deandra obnoxious this reunion. I try to be nice, whatever, but I found her to be obnoxious this reunion. It seemed to me like she was just gunning for everyone in like a very angry way. But she said that, you know, Housewives wouldn't have happened without her. And it's like, I don't think Deandra was the star of this season. Like, it might not have happened without Mama D, because we all love Mama D. But Deandra, like, really didn't bring it. So what I found interesting about this Deandra dynamic is it was Carrie going up against Deandra, but it was also Cam and Leanne who we expected to go up against Deandra. And then the only people that were maybe on Deandra's side were Brandy and Stephanie. But if you notice, Stephanie never once, I don't think, even stuck up for Deandra at all. And Brandy, who you would think would have Deandra's back, didn't really stuck up for her either. Like occasionally she did, you know, I'm not saying she didn't at all, but it didn't seem like Brandy like really fiercely had Deandra's back. And what that leads me to believe is that these women do not like Deandra. I think we do need Deandra for the show because we need D. We need Mama D. But I read into all of the dynamics of it, and I feel like the cast doesn't like her at all. We know that Cam, Carrie, Leanne don't like Deandra. And I don't think Stephanie, like once, did she ever say anything to support Deandra? No, I didn't see it. So I found that interesting. And the show would have gone on without Deandra. Frankly, Deandra did nothing last season. Mama D had a few moments last season. In this season, I felt like Deandra was reaching with everyone and everything, and she attached her horse to Brandy, but that was weird to me. I don't think she carried the show at all. Now, it was also revealed that Leanne had said she carried the show, and whether or not you like Leanne or not, I do feel like Leanne is an important part of this show. Leanne knows how to make good TV for all of us. And it was interesting, like Brandy said that Leanne said she carried the show or whatever, and Andy seemed to stick up for Leanne, which I found telling. So, look, could the show go out with on without Deandra? Yes. I don't think we'd have a problem at all if Deandra was gone. 
I think we might run into a problem without Leanne. Truly. Whether you like her or not. I know a lot of you don't like her, which is understandable. But I think she's an integral part of the show. Integral? Is that the right word? (laughs) I need to learn words. Anyway, Carrie and Deandra really went at it. Carrie called Deandra a liar. She even called her a dumb bitch at one point. She's like, you're a dumb bitch. And I was like, whoa. Like, where'd that come from? Where's she been all season? I'm into it. Then we got into that funny fight. I mean, I found it funny, that surrogacy fight between Cam and Stephanie, where Cam just totally misunderstood what Stephanie said. And then she, she like, wouldn't even really apologize. She's like, well, you know, I did mishear you, but, you know, I still thought it was a big deal. (laughs) Oh, it made me laugh. And Stephanie's like, well, you just misheard me. And she's like, yeah, but I still, you know, I didn't like it, Cam said. (laughs) Hey, girl. Then we had a little moment with Stephanie, you guys. And I told you how much I love Stephanie. We got a flashback to when she told her suicide story. She had an actual attempt at suicide. Watching it back, much like the first time I watched it, I got goosebumps. Stephanie said at the reunion that her dad would come and sleep on her couch when she would be going through a rough time. And this was so weird. I'm going to get deep for a second. So I've talked about my depression on the show before. I had one long month where I was very, very depressed. And then ever since then, I always kind of have to be careful that I'm not going to slip into that. And I might have moments here or there, but for the most part, I've never been at that point that I was for that one month. And I remember shortly before that one month, it was so weird when Stephanie was talking about how her dad stayed on the couch. I had these like weird memories of having to call my parents who were in Ohio late at night. Like it, Ohio's three hours ahead of California. And I remember I called them a bunch of times, different times, while they were sleeping because I was so, um, I was having such a hard time. And I remember I needed to talk to someone. I needed someone to kind of walk me off a ledge. And or is that the right term? Walk. Yeah. But I, it was so weird because it was like a memory I had that I had pushed down so deep. And it happened a few times, I'd say maybe a handful, five or six times where at, late at night when I was alone with my thoughts and I was going through my, my stuff, this was before the, the month of not being able to get out of bed. I remember calling home because I felt like I had no one to really turn to. And this was predated Matt. And it was a weird thing that I had pushed away. And I think it's so interesting psychologically how when something traumatic happens or or something that we don't want to remember, we push it deep down and, and suppress it and you almost forget it happens. But something about Stephanie telling that story about how her dad stayed on the couch, it opened up something that I had completely forgotten forgot happened to me. And that's why I think it's so important to tell our stories and to you know, if you're going through something, tell a friend and tell loved ones, because oftentimes things can happen to us, whether it be something related to depression or anxiety, mental health, or something, abuse or, or any kind of dark thing that could happen in our lives. Oftentimes it happens to us and almost subconsciously we push it deep, deep down and it remains dormant and we never deal with it. And I, I, you know, I don't know where exactly I'm going with this. I just think it's important that we are all open about these things. And, you know, I, I'm a huge advocate for mental health. And I hope anyone who's out there struggling, I hope you are able to talk to someone. And oftentimes you might think it's not worth talking to someone or you're embarrassed to talk to someone. But I, I don't know. This is just my opinion, not a professional opinion. These are all just my, my personal opinions. 
I think it's good to get it out because otherwise you will suppress it and you might even convince yourself that it never happened or or forget that it happened. But eventually it will bubble up to the surface. And I think it's good to get it out so that it's not in, you know? Anyway, I love that Stephanie was so open about all of this stuff. She, I mean, talking about her attempt at suicide, I thought it was just so brave on a national platform and, and talking about it on TV. And she said at one point that before the season started, she went and got therapy. She did like a week-long therapy retreat. And she said that she wasn't comfortable with the show before. She said season one, people would reach out and say mean things. And I see it so much on social media, like people saying just these very awful things about the housewives. And it's such a weird thing because we all we all want to toe that line a little bit, right? Like the housewives are entertainment and I I think watching them is fun. And I always say housewife watching is a sport. And so we do want to have the fun of it. And we do want to laugh both with them and at them. But sometimes I think it is a good reminder that there is someone on the other side of those comments. And I see it all the time because sometimes on my memes, <laughs> I post a lot of housewives memes and stuff. Sometimes people will think that I'm the person in the meme. So like if I posted like a Kathy Lee Gifford meme, like sometimes people will comment under it as if I'm Kathy Lee Gifford. And so I see some of the things people say and uh, things about looks or things that you can't change. And Stephanie said she would hear things about her voice. And I've heard people have reached out to me. Of course, I'm not saying I'm on the same level as you know Stephanie or anything like that. But I, people have reached out to me about things like my voice or whatever. And I, it's just a good reminder that someone's on the other end of those comments. So I'm, remind, I'm saying it out loud, so I remind myself. Because <laughs> I think we can slip into that. I got so mad, though, when Stephanie was saying people said mean things about her voice. Like, I felt so protective of her. <laughs> I was like, how dare they? It's standing, like, alone in my living room. Like, how dare they? Matt's like, what's going on in there? <laughs> Matt's like, who are you talking to? I'm like, the TV. My friend's on the TV. <laughs> Speaking of therapy, it was revealed that Leanne's going to two therapists, plus her meditation. And then Brandy revealed something that I found so hysterical. Brandy said that Tiffany told Brandy that Leanne doesn't even go to therapy at all. And do you guys remember Tiffany? Tiffany was on season one. She had the Keith Urban-esque boyfriend, like the low-budget Keith Urban boyfriend. <laughs> the best, or what's that? The great value version of Keith Urban was Tiffany's husband. Anyway, <laughs> he was handsome, though. He was cute. Anyway, I feel like we all sort of forgot about Tiffany, and it was so funny because Brandy mentioned it, and then they had to put up the still photo of Tiffany and it wasn't even like a professional photo from the show. Like I felt like the editors could have put up like one of the photos Tiffany took from season one of her tenure on the show, but it was like they just threw up this Polaroid of Tiffany looking terrible to remind us. And it just made me laugh so fucking hard. Like no one remembered Tiffany. Like let's throw this. Maybe this will remind people. <laughs> it was like Tiffany on vacation, like with no makeup on and just like sunglasses on her face. Like you couldn't, it could have been Tiffany or it could have been a PA. Like it could have been literally anyone. <laughs> but they threw a Polaroid up in the corner regardless. <laughs> they all had a bunch of good lines too. Like they were talking about, uh, Deandra was talking to Leanne. She's like, well, who are the therapists? And Brandy asked, who are the therapists? And then Leanne says, well, I'm not going to tell you, whatever. And Brandy's like, well, I'll tell you my gynecologist's name. And then Leanne's like, I don't need to know who looks at your pussy. <laughs> She's, I don't need to know who looks at your pussy. <laughs> so, I know the boys who did it. <laughs> I, 
I know the boys who looked at your pussy. <laughs> and meanwhile, I remember uh, Brandy, everything she says is a whisper. She's like, <laughs> who are your therapists? I need to know who your therapists are. I don't care who looks at your pussy. I'll tell you my gynecologist's name. Well, I don't fucking care who looks at your pussy. What are you saying? Why are you whispering? Because I need you to know who's your therapist. Tell us who your therapist is, because we all need to know, because you're a fucking liar. What are you saying? Why are you whispering? (laughs) Oh, it was good. Meanwhile, Deandra's being so fucking extra. Wasn't she being extra? I felt like you could tell that Andy was on Team Leanne. Like, I think I was reading into everything, and of course I was reading into it as someone who dislikes Deandra, but I was reading into it as no one likes Deandra on set. That's how I saw it. Then it was revealed that the person who told Leanne the, who did it, do you remember the boys who told Leanne about Mark and his dick sucked at the roundup? I know the boys who did it. <laughs> Apparently it was a disgruntled florist. Who knew? Who knew? Immediately I was thinking of Ashton Kutcher in the film Valentine's Day, because that's where my brain goes. All I could think about was how he was a florist. Um, I don't think Ashton Kutcher was the one who told Leanne that Mark got his dick sucked at the roundup, but stranger things have happened. So then Deandra's like going off. She's like, well, Carrie, how are you friends with Leanne after she said your husband got his dick sucked at a gay bar? And Carrie's like, well, I got over it because I found out it was the florist. And it was like, Deandra, why do you care? It was just so annoying to me. I got really annoyed with her. And then there was this weird fight between, <laughs> while all this was happening, Deandra and Cam were going at it. And Cam was saying, you know, you, Deandra, you texted me these things about their businesses and blah, blah, blah. And Deandra's like, no, it didn't happen. I ha- look at my phone. And she showed Andy her phone. And then Cam like showed Andy her phone. They all were trying to bring out the receipts. And then there was no resolution because either Deandra deleted the text or it never happened. But the whole time it's ha- the whole time they're trying to argue back and forth, Cam's like, well, call AT&T. Call AT&T. Now, look, at I've called AT&T multiple times, and you cannot get someone on the line for uh, at least 15 minutes. Like, there's no way you're calling AT&T customer service unless you have someone direct to call. And I was just thinking, I wish they would have, because I wish they would have exposed AT&T for the asshole customer services they are. <laughs> Them and West Elm. I'm still not over the West Elm situation. Uh, West Elm, by the way, just a little update for you guys. They sent me a gift card for the price of the headboard that I ordered back in May, and then they canceled the gift card. So the gift card that they sent to me, they canceled it because they told me that it was an error in the system. So I literally cried on the phone to West Elm. I don't know if I told you guys this, but I literally cried because it was like the gift card that they sent for the price of the headboard was was non-existent. It didn't work. So I literally got so upset the one day when I was on the phone with them, I in tears, like just sobbing, like just please refund me <laughs> in a fetal position on the floor, just like just give me my money back. Like that's all I want. But anyway, it was apparently now they're going to send me the headboard. It's due in January. We'll see if I get it. But some people have asked about it. That's the update. They're due to give it back. I have not been refunded. They wouldn't refund me. It's been a nightmare. But anyway, I wish Andy would have called AT&T at this reunion because I feel like they would have been exposed and I would have been here for it. Then Andy tells Leanne that her Infinity dress, the Le Infinity, is the greatest housewife product he's ever seen. The greatest housewife product he's ever seen. And that includes things like Sparkle Dog and Cynthia Bailey Eyewear and uh, I mean, we've uh, countless things, Vanderpump Rosé, and I mean, let's see, Skinny Girl Popcorn, Deli Meats, Jeans, Candles. You know she's got candles now? Bethany is selling Skinny Girl Candles for like a lot of money. 
Somebody sent me a screenshot. I didn't look this up directly, but I did get a screenshot and I took that as fact that the skinny girl candles are expensive. And they not they're not like cute. Like who wants to light a candle with a fucking skinny girl logo on it? And that's coming from someone who loves a candle, you guys. Bath and Body Works had their candle sale recently, and I'm not kidding you, I bought 15 candles. <laughs> 15. And Matt got so mad at me because I don't know if you recall this, but last year I had a Yankee Candle Advent calendar that lit on fire in my house. Like I accidentally lit something on fire. There was like a a big situation. I burnt a bunch of stuff on my kitchen table. Um, you know, it was a rough day and Matt told me at that time I wasn't allowed to have another advent calendar that was just candles. <laughs> so this year I got the Harry Potter advent calendar, but that's, that's neither here nor there. The point is these skinny girl candles are not worth the money. I don't think if anyone's gotten them, please let me know and report back to me. Maybe I should order one for research. I do love a candle. <laughs> I'm a big nest candle fan. Do you guys ever use nest candles? They're the best. Anyway. I thought it was shocking that he thought the Infinity Dress was the best one ever. And at first, I was shocked. At first, I thought, wow, really? But then when I really started like catalog through all the Housewife products in my head, I thought, maybe he's right. Then there was also a moment. This It was at the end of the reunion. I don't know if you caught it, but Cam told Deandra. Like, Deandra was like so like up in a huff. You know, she was like so worked up. And then Cam just said to her, Deandra, your boob is coming out, and I think I see a nipple. And Deandra? hated it. She looked at Cam in such disgust, and it just made me laugh so fucking hard. Like, hey, like in the middle of Deandra was like making a point. She was all like, you know, rawr. and then Cam was just like, hey, Deandra, your boob is out. It was like, what a burn. It was like the best burn, honestly, in any of these, in reunion history. Like, hey, your boob's coming out. <laughs> you look like an asshole. <laughs> I love Cam. I know no one else does. I think I'm the only one, but I love her. Anyway, that was the reunion. I thought it was thrilling, like so thrilling. And then, of course, next week we have this iconic preview showing Mama D coming out. And she says, I don't give a gnat's ass wrapped around a rain barrel. You've heard that one? I mean, I cannot wait for that. Oh, my God. I love Mama D just saying, I don't give a, a spotter's rip. I don't give a, a donkey rip. You think I really give a donkey around the sun just backing up in the rain rip? She's just literally saying words and just saying, like, you think I'm going to run around the sun four times and then sit on my tack and then eat it? She's saying things that are just words put together and hoping something inspirational comes out. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> She's like, I got half a mind to punch you in the gut until it's raining. I spell rip rest in Pisces because you're off the charts. You can put a pepper in a pickle jar, but that don't mean it's a pickle. And again, sometimes it's very inspirational. <laughs> There's no I in team, but there's an I in mind, and I pay you none of it. <laughs> Brittany might have said, oops, I did it again, but Mama D says, oops, I never did it in the first place. <laughs> okay, you guys, we got to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about New Jersey. Ah, oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to 
re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Okay, Real Houses, New Jersey. I am loving it. I'm loving it. I know some people are complaining that it's too much Teresa and Melissa stuff, but I think this Teresa and Melissa dynamic is interesting because we're having the other women take sides. In the past, whenever it'd be Teresa versus Melissa, no one would really get involved too much. Like They would just let them fight, and they were all casualties in the whole thing. Whereas now, I feel like the women have smartened up, and they know that they need to insert themselves. And we'll talk about it at the end of this episode. They all were inserting themselves, and I was living for it. Also, Jennifer, a complete monster, but great for this show. She's great for the show, and I just want to encourage all of us. I know we, uh, you know, she's a monster. I get it. She's a monster with 16 bathrooms, and we need to keep her on the show, because the show needs her. Okay, I might I'm reserve the right to take that opinion back very soon. <laughs> next next week I might change my mind, but for now I want to say that I think we need her. We open with Teresa and Jennifer doing a trampoline class. I wrote in my notes, we all hate Jennifer, yes? So again, we hate her, but we need her for the show. But they were giving me a very like Teresa and Jacqueline early season vibe. I liked the dynamics. And also Jennifer looked a little bit like Jacqueline in the scene too. It was like, oh my god, this is interesting. I also would love Jacqueline to just come on through like a tornado. Like Jacqueline always was good at bringing drama. I would like Jacqueline to just like tornado on through a scene. Just one scene. We don't need her to stick around, but just come in and for one scene, stir up some shit and then leave. Would like that. Now, then we cut to Melissa and Joe. Melissa has her sisters come over. And I need to address something. I've talked about this before, but we need to address the fact that Joe's confessional is not normal. We're all acting like this close-up of him in his confessional is normal. It's literally like so close up on his face. I don't know what's going on. Somebody messaged me and said maybe it's because him and Melissa filmed confessionals together and they zoomed in on him to make it look like he was doing it alone. But something happened. Like what, who was filming that? Like what happened that we're doing such a close up of on Joe? It doesn't even look like good quality or anything. It's like, what's happening here? I could see like his nose hairs. It's like, I don't need such a close up of Joe Gorga. I mean, I do think he's handsome, but uh, Melissa's sisters, Kim and 
I keep saying this wrong. I don't know if it's Lisa or Lissa. It's like spelled L-Y-S-A. And I think Melissa, when she was here on the show, she said it was Lisa, right? Anyway, they're stars. And I was glad to see them. I think this whole storyline about Melissa maybe having an extra sister is weird. If it turns out that she does have an extra sister, I'll be okay with it. But if we get to the end of the season and it's just like Melissa had no sister, then like, what the fuck were we doing? Like, then I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be real pissed. If we, you know, get to the reunion and Melissa's like, well, no sister, I'll be like, fuck you. (laughs) Why did you bamboozle me? I'll feel real bamboozled. Then we cut to Margaret and Danielle comes over to Margaret's house. Marge Sr. was there. I just want to remind everyone the icon robe. So the Pottery Barn ladies robe that I... <laughs> I so wonder I so love and everyone in the everything iconic Facebook group has been posting their photos of it because everyone's getting this robe it is the coziest robe it's a little pricey but get the hooded one I just want to remind everyone that last season Marge senior had that robe on so she has the robe the icon robe anyway pottery barn should give me a robe or something but that's neither here nor there <laughs> so Margaret and Danielle they make up they were kind of feuding. Margaret or Danielle was mad that Margaret was getting buddy buddy with Dolores. We cut to Teresa. No, she's helping Nono. He just got cataract surgery, and I know he had surgery, but he still, he still sort of scared me. Look, I said it. I said it. Like him coming out of that cataract surgery terrified me. I don't know what it was. And then Joe and Teresa fight about taking care of the parents. And what I think is so interesting about this is I feel like we've all kind of either gone through it or thought about it. Like, I have two older brothers, so I always think about when my parents get old, like, who's going to take care of whom? And I don't live in Ohio, but I feel fortunate that they're there to be with my parents. But I think when you have less siblings, like, I always imagine being an only child, and that would be my biggest fear as an only child. Like, am I going to have to take care of the parents completely? Like, it's a big responsibility. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying it's it's a, something to think about. And do we think Teresa's just jealous of Melissa and Joe's relationship? Because she mentioned in the fight with Joe, she said, you know, you guys are always out to dinner every weekend. And that made me think that it was jealousy is a lot of the root of it. I know Teresa just wants Joe to spend more time with Nono, but I also think there's some jealousy there. Like when she said that thing about going out to dinner, I thought that's telling, I thought. So then we see Jennifer's house, which is truly insane. Marge, Margaret said, it's the Taj Mahal. <laughs> Some of you said last week that my Margaret impression is just like a a girly or Donald Trump. And you know what? You're not wrong. But Jennifer's house is insane. Insane. We got a glimpse of it when she was bringing gifts to her kids. She got very generous gifts for the kids for leaving. And then her and her husband had this weird conversation. Jennifer revealed that he had never been alone with the kids before. She said Oklahoma, when she go- went on that trip, it was the first time he was alone with the kids. And that scares me. I'm a little bit worried. Jennifer is kind of that stereotypical early season housewife where it's like they're showing you all their wealth and they're tiptoeing out of the marriage. Not, not, I shouldn't say out of the marriage. They're tiptoeing into different roles in the marriage that they hadn't experienced before. And just from past housewife experience, usually that means it's, they're in for trouble. I hope they're not. I'm just saying that seems like textbook housewife, right? Also, by the way, did you guys hear when Melissa was on the show? when she was talking about her roles and her relationship with Joe changing, I thought that was very interesting and telling. If you haven't listened to that, I thought, I thought that was like super, I don't know, there was something there. I don't know. Hopefully they're good. And, you know, they've been on Instagram and stuff at dinner together and stuff. So I'm, I'm not saying anything's wrong with them. It just was interesting to hear her talk about different roles in the marriage. 
And Jennifer seems like she's starting to explore that in that big fucking house. By the way, I need to get some more answers about how Jennifer shed her pants. Like, I need to figure that out somehow. We need to get someone on the line. (laughs) Was she wearing white? Like, what was the situation? Did she make it to the event she was going to? Like, we need more answers. That was introduced in that episode and was, like, never heard from it again. We need the answers. (laughs) Then we get Dolores cooking with her mom. Now, what I want to say about this scene is that there was a time when Dolores did an Instagram sponsorship. Now, I've played it on the show before. I'd like to play it again. I think it's very important that we never forget about this multi <laughs> this uh, Instagram-sponsored extravaganza. So in this video, Dolores is on her Instagram with some cheeses, and she starts telling a story about how her grandparent died. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. And I want to thank everybody for your condolences and prayers for my grandma. As you know, she passed away this week, and she lived to be 104, but... You know, like any Italian grandma, they leave a legacy behind of a love for food, and it's good food. So I just want to share this with you, that in the middle of a snowstorm, because I've gone to ShopRite, I did my formaggio shopping, I have the burrata here. It's absolutely amazing. As you know, burrata doesn't have flavor. This is the signature burrata from formaggio that has a flavor like you wouldn't believe. It's so good. You have to try it. And then, of course, my sister Valerie's favorite is the baked brie with the cranberry almond topping. And it's just, it's such a winter comfort food. But I literally didn't know what I was going to do. And went in my refrigerator, remembered I had formaggio. So everybody's coming over for a great tapas. Love you. Bye. <laughs> it is, to me, the funniest Instagram sponsorship I've ever heard in my life. Like, rest in peace, Grandma. Buy this cheese. <laughs> Like, what's next? Tamara Barney's just like, my kids won't talk to me, but buy these diff eyewear. <laughs> Apollo Nida from prison. Merry Christmas from Dixon Correctional Center. Flat tummy tea makes a great gift. <laughs> hey guys, it's Riley from Below Deck. I once killed a man at sea. Here's my Fab Fit Fun Box. <laughs> I think it's so, so good. And I know it's happened so long ago. But I want us to always remember. Ne- hashtag never forget. <laughs> So Teresa came over to help with the cooking, and we learned last week that Teresa's terrified of dogs. We maybe learned in another season, but we relearned that she's afraid of dogs, and it seems to be a big uh, topic of conversation this season. It's like a big thing. Teresa came over, she's like, Dolores, can you come get me? And she's like, uh, Teresa, there's a fence in for the dogs. Like, you don't have to be scared of them. Teresa was terrified. <laughs> then they all go to Jennifer's house. Margaret is not having the house. And what I realized this week is Margaret is basically like Joy Behar of New Jersey. (laughs) Every confessional, Margaret's just like, "Uh, I don't really care about this. She's a bragger. I don't care. So what? Who cares? So what? Who cares? I hope there's something else about her that's not just bragging, but whatever. (laughs) All of her confessionals end with like a, well, whatever. Who cares? And I (laughs) I love it. I love Margaret, you guys. I truly love Margaret. I think she's so funny. And there's just such like a looseness about her. And I mentioned those confessionals and it's like, she seems like she doesn't give a shit about any of this. Like she just seems so almost too comfortable on camera. Don't you think? It's like, well, whatever happens, happens. She's a bragger. I hate her, but whatever. Who cares? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's just this looseness that none of the other housewives seem to have. Not even like a Teresa who's been on the show forever. It's like Margaret just doesn't seem to give a fuck. And that house is so fucking huge. Like, insane. We learned last week that there were 16 bathrooms in the house. And then it was also revealed that Jennifer shit her pants at some point. And then it was also revealed that Jennifer at Polly Pocket's house in Oklahoma, Jennifer got a panic attack while on the toilet, 
because there was no lock on the door. So we know that Jennifer has bowel issues. So it was interesting to see some of these toilets that Jennifer might frequent. We, that we learned that there was four bathrooms in the basement. Four in the fucking basement. But I loved seeing, I loved this. This was real estate porn. What I loved so much about this episode was that it was like early season housewives. Do you remember when we met Yolanda? It was like Yolanda's fridge. I got an Instagram account at one point because it was like so wonderful to watch. And this house, Jennifer's house, was like that kind of spectacle that we haven't seen in a while. Like some of the houses, like in Dallas, like we have Stephanie's houses, I feel like a little bit of a spectacle. But by and large, there's not a whole ton of housewives now that have that kind of wealth or that show it off on the show. But Jennifer was willing to give us a huge tour of the house. We saw a bouncy house in the basement. There was, you know, basketball courts and tennis courts and all sorts of shit. Fucking thrones as chairs for every chair. Every chair was a throne. But the one that Jennifer goes on the most is the toilet. <laughs> that's, that's her main throne is her toilet seat because of her bowel issues. But every other seat in that house was like a tall seat throne thing. It was a lot. And it made me a little worried. Like, I, uh, you know, you got to be careful. She's showing off all this wealth and you never know the IRS taxes. I don't know. I don't know how all that works exactly, but I feel as though she could be in some trouble. I hope not. Fingers crossed. And maybe she could get, Dolores can get her that cheese sponsorship. And so, you know, that could help her out financially if she ever runs into, mis- <laughs> ever runs into issues. Uh, so she's taking around the house, and Margaret, she totally wasn't having it. She's like, hopefully there's more to her than just being a bragger, whatever. <laughs> I thought it was also funny that every time somebody would come to the door in Jennifer's house, she'd run to it, but she'd get out of breath. Like, that's how she gets her exercise. Like, she couldn't do the like, trampoline class, but she literally gets so much exercise going to and fro the door. At one point, like, I don't know if it was Melissa came or whoever was came last, Jennifer got to the door, and she's like... <sighs> fucking called her husband for an inhaler. <laughs> I got news for you. If you're out of breath that much from getting the door, then your house is too big. House is too big. I remember reading that Candy Spelling had a gift wrap room in her house. And look, one of those bathrooms in Jennifer's house should be transformed into a Candy Spelling gift wrap room. Just saying. I don't think she needs all of those bathrooms for in the basement. That's insane. Now, Melissa said that Jennifer is new money. She implied that she's new money because she's bragging about all of her stuff. She said, I used to do that. And then they did a flashback of uh, Melissa's Christmas Day. And it was aggressive. She's like, oh my God, look at this, look at this, look at this. Mostly, I was jealous. <laughs> all the gifts that Melissa was getting. <laughs> the home theater in Jennifer's house was amazing. I was like, oh, I want to just sit in there literally all day and watch Housewives. Could you imagine? Did you see that theater? I just wanted to sit in there and watch Housewives all fucking day. I would love it. I would die. Do you imagine just watching Vanderpump Rules? Rotten Hill! Like, I just want to hear it on the big screen. I want to hear Brittany Cartwright say, Rotten Hill, Jax, on Dolby Surround Sound in a movie theater. That's all I want in life. It's, bucket list is short. (laughs) We also got a lot of food porn, and you guys know I love food porn. Shaws of Sunset does this a lot. They show a lot of close-ups of food. Housewives doesn't do it as much, but this episode, we did get a close-up of all that Turkish food. It was a wonderful food porn. It was food porn and real estate porn. So then we get into this argument between Melissa and Teresa. What was so interesting about it was they were all getting involved. Jackie started backing Melissa. Dolores was backing Teresa. 
Teresa literally looked like she was going to murder Jackie at one point. These women were all jumping into the fight between Melissa and Teresa, and that's what makes them good housewives. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. And I thought Jackie earned herself a second season. I thought she was like a little boring at first, but she earned a second season, I think, by the way that she got into that. And then Jennifer gave like a little dig at Jackie. Dolores gave a little dig at Jackie. Margaret at first didn't get involved, but then she got involved in, in her confessional. She goes, yeah, Melissa can't control her. Those Gorgas are hotheads, but whatever. <laughs> Those Gorgas are hotheads. <laughs> but then Jackie said, if you can control your husband, because the whole fight was about like whether or not Melissa can control Joe Gorga. And Jackie said, would, you, would your husband, meaning Teresa's husband, Joe Giudice, would he be in jail if you could control him? And truly, I thought Teresa was going to reach across that giant fucking kitchen island and strangle Jackie. I really thought she was going to do it. She wanted to do it. She got so mad, she like shrieked at one point. She said, I'm not controlling his emotions! <laughs> she like shrieked. It was a totally different voice. Came out of Teresa, you guys. It was the same voice that said, you know, remember back in the day when she's like, Prostitution whore! <laughs> it was the same voice I heard out of Teresa tonight. It only happened for a second. You might have to rewind it to hear it again. I'm not saying you control the about this. <laughs> it's like really shrieking. And then it all got pushed to, it all got halted because Melania came by and she cockblocked the whole fight. She said she had to go. And I was so focused on Melania's nails. I'm, have you seen these long nails? Shocking. Anyway, Jackie is very nice and sweet, but I feel like she has this it factor for a housewife because I was not expecting, the Jackie that came out this episode was not someone I was expecting. She seems nice, sweet, and innocent, but I think she's got a side to her, like a don't fuck with me side. I'm into it. Then the episode ends. They all leave the house. Uh, what's Jennifer has to go on the intercom speaker and alert all the kids to come to like the foyer. <laughs> she's like, she's like, Gold Schneiders, please report to the kitchen. And it was over the intercom system. It's like, where are we? Are we at a school? Where is this? Anyway, next week, it's the return of Frank Jr. I'm very excited because I always find him really attractive, but I haven't seen him lately. I'm excited to see him. We saw a glimpse. And then we get the return of Danielle versus Margaret. Very excited about that. So that's the episode, you guys. A lot of housewives. I want to say on Monday, we have a very special housewife interview. So that will be Monday's episode. I love chatting with you all. I love chatting with you all. Please join that Everything Iconic Facebook group and uh, join the Patreon. I'd love it. And without further ado, let's do our little cool down. So if you're new to the show, welcome. We're going to be cooling down at the end of the episodes as if we're in a soul cycle class. So let's all take a, a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Think of something you're grateful for today. Something you're grateful for. Breathe out. And think about what you're grateful for. I'm so grateful that I get to chat with all of you guys. I hear from so many of you on Instagram DMs and Twitter and Facebook and in the Everything Iconic Facebook group. And I just, I feel so lucky to have such a wonderful community that we can talk about these things that we love. And, you know, it was funny last week on the show or earlier in the week on the show, I talked about Father of the Bride. And it was like, I love the Father of the Bride movies. I love them so, so much. And so it came up in the Vanderpump Rules recap. And it's so nice to hear from people that also love Father of the Bride. Do you know, it's such a stupid, silly thing that we all connect on is this pop culture and these housewives and reality TV. And I just felt so grateful to have this community that we all seem to have similar interests and we all like to celebrate the things that we love. 
and the pop culture that we love. And, you know, this Facebook group specifically, I love that everyone is just seemingly very kind in there and and everyone's posting the, the pop culture that they love. So I'm grateful. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review this on iTunes or Stitcher if you like it. Only if you like it. Love you. Bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.